To be a fan of mixed martial arts or to be involved in it, you gotta be a bit weird. And that's okay, there's nothing wrong with being different. We're all here after all, and as far as I'm concerned, we're all awesome. Even in our strange little MMA bubble, there are still a few that go even beyond that and make us collectively think, that guy is wired a bit differently, isn't he? And sometimes such oddities end up in the biggest promotion in the whole sport. So today we're going to celebrate the strange and unusual and talk about 10 fighters who certainly broke the mold and that they were both elite enough to enter the UFC and different enough to make this list. With tongue firmly in cheek, I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and boom, Venom has arrived. That's right, MMA On Point is now officially partnered with Venom, the new exclusive outfitters of the UFC. This means you can use the code MMA On Point at checkout on Venom.com to scoop up 10% off every and all Venom gear, clothing, equipment, UFC fight gear, all at the click of a button. More on that later, but for now, here are 10 weirdest fighters in UFC history. Number 10. Sage Northcutt when the unbeaten 19-year-old Sage Northcutt looking like Ivan Drago mixed with Mr. Rogers and the chattest Abercrombie and Fitch model to ever exist, made his promotional debut at UFC 192 by absolutely destroying Francisco Trevino in under a minute before calling everyone in a six-block radius of the arena Mr. or Mrs. in his interview and then doing a standing front flip, the MMA community collectively lost their minds. The video of this debuting fighter's post-fight interview has 2.3 million views. Sage made a massive impact almost immediately with his just completely un unbelievable existence. As time went on and we learned that Sage was unfamiliar with basic spices like pepper on his chicken, and that he was just the most wholesome human being on the face of the planet, there was not a backlash, but a considerable disbelief. We've all seen the holier-than-thou, do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do types in our lives, but the thing about Sage Northcutt is, the veil has never been lifted because there was no veil there in the first place. This is 100% who Sage is 100% of the time. It's like he emerged from an alternate 1950s America that actually was ideal, and he's just been living his life being jacked, saving puppies and kittens, and occasionally fighting ever since. Sage would head to one on a three-fight win streak from the UFC, but it almost sounded like Dana White cut him because he felt like he was too good for this awful sport we all love. There's something wrong with you if you don't like Sage Northcutt. You know, he's the nicest kid in the world. Sage's very existence in MMA is an oddity and deserved a spot on our list. Number 9. Michelle Pajeda What if life was just a video game and there was absolutely no consequence for what you did or how you did it? You might fight a bit like Michelle Pajeda does in the UFC. In just five short fights with the promotion, Pajeda has broken every possible concept of what it means to be a fighter. You want to use up every ounce of your stamina in the first minute of the fight doing flips and other insane shit? Absolutely, go for it. All of it, in fact. Let's spin around, let's do some cartwheels, dancing, literal dancing. What benefit is there of doing a backflip while approaching your opponent? I have no idea, but Michelle Michelle Pajeda moves as if standing still would be death itself. And what's incredible is that his strange methods have worked somewhat. He scored a flying knee KO against Danny Roberts in his debut. He submitted Zalim Imadayev, both fights which earned him performance of the night. He beat Chaos Williams, the irony of his name not lost when fighting a guy who should actually be called Chaos. There have been setbacks. He flippy shitted himself out against Tristan Conley and would lose a decision. And he illegally need Diego Sanchez in a fight that might be up there for one of the weirdest of all time. I can't say that he's not a very entertaining kind of weird, though, and for possibly the most bizarre style to ever grace the octagon, he's earned a spot on our list. 
Number eight, Colin Fletcher. You've probably been told many times in your life not to judge a book by its cover. And while that is absolutely the case with Colin Fletcher, who is quite a pleasant person and a great family man, when that cover is a weird, scary, evil clown vampire axe murderer, it's understandable if that old adage might be reaching its outer limits. Colin Fletcher, not to be confused with the pioneering backpacker and writer, or the cricket player, or the bishop, made it all the way to the finale of Tough the Smashes before losing to Norman Park via decision. He would have one more UFC bout before heading to Bama and Bellator, but the freak show certainly made his Mark with his signature scary look. That wasn't an insult, by the way. Freak Show is his nickname. I had the pleasure of interviewing MMA's Clown Prince in 2013, and I can tell you that despite looking like all your greatest fears manifested at once, he was a great guy. He could not have been nicer. He did jokingly tell me that he's modeled his life after Stephen King's It, but that more so only confirms he's entirely self-aware. While not weird in any way but his appearance, for making such an impact because of his unique look, Colin deserved a spot on the list, and I'm sure he would be happy about it. Number 7. Chemo Leopold very likely to be the first man to cause MMA fans to say what in the actual fuck is happening would be Kimo Leopoldo. Making his pro debut at UFC 3 against Hoist Gracie, Leopoldo, who is a devout Christian, wanted to use this opportunity of being in the spotlight to amplify his religion's message. And to the surprise of absolutely everyone, during his walkout he would be preceded by teammates holding up Bible verses and come to the cage carrying a massive wooden cross. I say to the surprise of everyone because even the UFC didn't know. He assumed correctly that they wouldn't be too keen on him going full World Wrestling Federation, and so he sent the cross to the arena in pieces in bags marked training equipment. They never suspected a thing. Despite the truly bizarre entrance that has defined his legacy as an MMA fighter, Kimo would go on to have a fantastic showing against Gracie, losing via arm lock but exhausting Hoist so much, he would be forced to withdraw from the tournament. Kimo's intensity, build, tattoos, and devout religiosity made him a bizarre standout from the sport's early history. And while he was unable to trick the UFC again in any of his other four bouts for the promotion, his pudgy teammate Joe San would attempt to replicate his entrance at the very next event, but realized about six steps down the aisle that he was only five foot four and didn't have the muscle mass to make the walk. Keith Hackney then punched him in the dick. It was good times. Number six, Crone Gracie. The MMA community can at times be prone to conspiratorial thinking. You need only check out my list on the topic or my essay on the topic. And while there are plenty of fighters we could have potentially placed in this spot to represent that sort of mindset, Crone Gracie is an interesting standout. The son of Hickson is without question a master of his craft on the mats and thus far in his MMA career, but for his fight with Cub Swanson at UFC on ESPN Plus 19, he's been perfect. Where he makes our list is mainly from a podcast interview he did with Eddie Bravo. It was here that, among some fantastic analysis of fighting and jujitsu, Crone began to explain his understanding from what he's collected in the universe, and that is that the Earth is flat, or rather, maybe not flat as he put it, but possibly not round either. It would appear that Gracie doesn't believe the Earth is spinning at quote a million miles an hour, actually around a thousand. He then goes on to correct himself incorrectly and say that the Earth is spinning at 666 miles per hour, which he finds quote fucking interesting. Crone then drew a diagram of what he believes the Earth is, and it's like an eye. This is the color, is where we live. We're in this dome. If thing, when you understand the color of the eye, how everybody has eyes and how the eye is like the center of everything. Like we are the universe. I'm not entirely sure what he meant, but he would go on to mention that he thought that some sort of higher being was speaking through him, it seemed. I don't know. He also does that weird breathing thing that his dad does. Number five, Yuri Prohaska. 
With just two fights in the UFC, Yuri Prohaska has made two things abundantly clear. He's one of the most dangerous 205 pounders in the world, and he's all kinds of different. His insane fighting style, his actual style, his reasons for fighting. I could write a 30-page essay trying to explain the complexity of this man's existence and would fail miserably. After absolutely decimating Dominic Reyes with a spinning back elbow in his second fight, Yuri confessed that he'd not been training the move, but instead caught it with the antenna on his head. Yeah, that crazy hair which he calls his war hair, is actually extensions, which he repeatedly throughout the week called his Wi-Fi antenna. All joking aside, though, that's really just the surface of Prohaska's oddity. Yuri is a warrior philosopher of sorts, inspired deeply to live his life by the code found in the Book of the Five Rings by the legendary swordsman Miyamoto Musashi. When Yuri isn't fighting, you might catch him reading a philosophy book or meditating in a forest where he considers the true nature of man. A bit of that came out in his most recent post-fight presser, where he mentioned that his ego would love the money, cars, girls, and parties but the other side of him wants to live in a small house in the forest and work on mastery of himself. He also mentioned that he likes to fight but not hurt people. Perhaps most fascinatingly, Prohaska has said during a particularly difficult cut leading up to a fight, for lack of a better phrase, he had a breaking free from the Matrix moment and reached a different level of understanding about life and living in the present moment that he believes he carries to this day. It's like if Samurai Jack was suddenly dropped into the UFC. Yuri plans to change the world through the inspiration created by his fighting, and I am 100% on board with it. Number 4. Jason Miller has there ever been a more fitting nickname for any person ever than Mayhem for Jason Miller? While his time in the promotion was brief, he fought GSP once way back at UFC 52, and then returned to coach the season of The Ultimate Fighter, and have two fights before getting fired for some sort of strange backstage incident that's never been fully explained. Miller absolutely made an indelible mark on the sport. To return to the UFC after six years as a tough coach would imply that Mayhem was well-known outside the Zufa umbrella, and that he was. Between the super popular MTV show Bully Beatdown, and his unforgettable beatdown at the hands of the Scrap, pack following Strikeforce Nashville, Miller was known as a bit of a goof, a bit of an oddball, but also a competent fighter even if he was a wild card. His entrances are legendarily strange, as are his interviews, such as the time he, in character as Lucky Patrick from Here Comes the Boom, had a complete meltdown on the MMA hour. That's it? You're gonna do this? You're yeah, gonna... yeah, you fucking this is not... saw what I'm doing! Ma'am, this is not, uh, hey, you Andy Kaufman and... Stop calling me, man! Okay, 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 okay not to mention a whole host of run-ins with the law, including a standoff he live-tweeted, and a bizarre incident where he sprayed a fire extinguisher all over a church while naked. His substance abuse issues have been well-documented, and he's gone through his good and bad periods. That said, here's hoping he comes out the other side of his troubles happier and healthier, because for all his shortcomings, many fans have a soft spot for this MMA oddball. Number 3. Mike Perry where does one even start with Mike Perry? How about the beginning? Prior to his UFC 202 debut, Perry hilariously faked a handshake with Yan Gyu Lim, only to then say, thought you had a friend, boy, and scream in his face. From there, MMA's Florida man was off to the races. His entire career is filled with weird. Of course, it goes without saying, he's had some absolutely bizarre interviews, social media posts, and stare-downs. Legitimately, too many to mention. But a highlight was definitely when he explained to John Anik he didn't understand why he had to pay taxes after he already got his money. Other weird highlights include his rivalry with Cowboy Cerrone that made for some of the weirdest social media posts of his career, and of course the Darren Till saga, which had Perry hilariously punching himself in the face a bunch after Till called him out post-fight, their spa-spar mix-up, Darren trolling him mercilessly on social media, it's gone on and on, it's still going on and on. How about when he was only cornered by his girlfriend? Or when he asked to walk out to the theme song from Halo, but instead was given Halo by Beyonce and decided to sing every single word as he made 
made his way to the cage. Speaking of walkouts, if his opponent's music has a good beat, Mike is likely to be dancing to it. I haven't even mentioned the platinum tattoo over his eyebrow or the many street fights he's gotten into. Are you at all shocked that he was involved with preparing Jake Paul for Ben Askren? Mike Perry is almost beyond belief. He's like a living satire, but through his weirdness, he's also found considerable fame in the MMA community. Number two, Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is the type of guy to be number one on our list at number two. Let me start this entry by asking you your favorite Ninja Turtle. Tony's is Michelangelo. I know this because of his many stream of consciousness media scrums over the years. To experience one of Tony's interviews in its entirety is to go forth in life having fundamentally changed forever. The man is truly one of a kind, but it's not just when someone gives him a platform to speak. The Domino Lightweight is known for his intense and bizarre training methods that are regularly posted on social media. One day he might be chucking baseball into a tire or flipping a pad the size of a refrigerator. The next, he's blindfolded while working on takedowns against two sacks of flour tied together with jumper cables. I made that last one up, but for a moment you probably considered that it was real and that is a testament to how wild Tony's training truly is. Then there's just all those weird, great moments. Too many to list. Startling Dana White several times during stare-downs. Calling Connor and Habib McNuggets and Tiramisu for the rest of eternity. Those two post-fight interviews where he called out Connor with literally the exact same verbiage. When he threatened to pick Fabricio Verdum, healing his knee on his own in record time. Tony Ferguson has so many incredible and bizarre moments in his career that I've probably missed 15 of your favorites, which is why he absolutely belonged at the top of our list, even though he's number two. Number one, Diego Sanchez. Chances are, when you saw the title of this list, you immediately thought of Diego Sanchez. And it's true, from the very start of his time in the spotlight on Tough, it was pretty apparent that Diego marched to the beat of a different drum, fighting invisible aliens, arguing about asparagus, and doing thunderstorm yoga. The nightmare, or the dream, or the nightmare again, or the Lionheart, depending on when you've run into Sanchez, has always been more than willing to provide some Diego entertainment, unless prompted to do so by Ariel Helwani. I gotta give you guys new entertainment every now and then, you know? Can we see one right now? No. <laughs> That's a little too much. Okay. Through his absolute wars in the cage, or his truly bizarre walkouts, like the Yes chant, or the time he carried a cross like he was about to fight a vampire, Diego has consistently been one of the most fascinating, beloved, and oddest fighters to ever grace the octagon. And of course, who could forget the Yes cartwheels? Sanchez is always a wild card in interviews, particularly when Ariel is around. But if you put a camera or a microphone in front of him, chances are he'll say some kind of fascinating quote, like the time he claimed that prayer and the sugar substitute Stevia performed a miracle and removed a lump from his girlfriend's breast. All the love for Diego's strangeness has taken a bit of a darker turn in recent times, when he left longtime Jim Jackson Wink to be trained and cornered by Grimma Wormtongue, which very recently resulted in his release by the UFC. But here's to hoping he finds better management and happier times in the future for all the Diego entertainment he's provided us over the years. A huge shout out to our guys over at Venom for kidding us out. This means you can now use the code MMA on point to secure 10% off every and all Venom gear. I'm talking about shirts, hoodies, caps. I'm talking about gloves, guards, bags. I'm talking about official UFC fight gear using our exclusive code MMA on point. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Huge shout out to the legendary once and future King Tomas Welsh for editing this video together. Follow him on Instagram at BigBeatVisual. That's beat as in the band from Doug and not a forceful strike. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.